1: This is a production of Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker.
2: Off and rolling with the one, the only Josh Ward. Looking forward to this brought to you by Zul Beer. We're going to talk some college football recruiting. It is a June sport now. And Josh, first of all, I hope you had a fantastic Father's Day. I did. Uh, very lucky Father of Three. Hope you had a great Father's Day as well. It was awful. My son came home from the beach on Saturday, has COVID. I saw his backside for a second as he walked up uh, the stairs and my parents were uh, afraid to come because uh, he had COVID. So I hung out by myself on Father's Day. It
1: was horrible. Well, a happy belated Father's Day. (laughs) Whatever. No, it's a happy early Father's Day because we're going to do it this week.
2: We're going to do it on this upcoming oh, Sunday.
1: That's the way to do it. Now
2: that everything got blown, I'm sitting around just, you know, whittling my thumbs thinking, I need a Rhymes Like Dimes from Zul. Zul Brewery brings you this conversation with uh, Josh Ward and we look forward to that. You can hear him on the Sports we'll Follow him on the Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. There's a funny story about how he uh how to use the underscore or some uh, other josh we'll get into that at, at, at another time but first this is a recruiting weekend josh and um it's not the big one that's uh, coming up this uh upcoming weekend but uh, you know Tennessee had uh, about eight official commitments and some other guys meander in but truly uh june is a recruiting month Tennessee picks up a commitment and Uh, they seem to be in good shape moving forward. Your thoughts as the calendar has completely shifted.
1: Yeah, I think Tennessee has done a good job. Obviously, the conversation starts with Nico with the quarterback position, but landing somebody like Caleb Herring, top player in the state of Tennessee, as Tennessee will every year be looking for pass rush help. But that's a point of emphasis right now for Tennessee staff on the defensive side. They've been able to add some guys up front that they feel – Really good about. And uh, I think they'll continue to have a chance to do that on both sides of the ball, the offensive and defensive lines. That to me is the most important thing for Tennessee to find help at tackle on the offensive side and as much help they can find pass rush help, interior defensive linemen. They just need to get bigger and better up front to compete for the championships they hope to win in the SEC in the future. And I think so far this year with the 23 class and then, of course, recruiting. Beyond that, Tennessee has done a good job of getting in the right kind of position. Now you need to close the deal. I think right now with a lot of their top targets, Tennessee feels like they have put themselves in a really good position. But uh, do you sign those guys? That will be the obvious determination of how this 23 class pans out. The fact that last year Tennessee was able to close with guys like James Pierce and Joshua Josephs as pass rushers and Tywin West as a defensive lineman those guys late in the process choosing Tennessee I think is a good sign that now that you've had more time with this upcoming class to build relationships Tennessee should have an even better chance to close better than they did in 2022. Well if you're listening you uh, won't even
2: notice if you're watching you're going to notice that I'm flipping screens with Josh because we're on the wrong screen but we've got that now. So um, how much of this is Nico? How much is this having a guy out there that even if even if prospect number one doesn't have the the first conversation with Nico, just knowing he is there, I think has a ripple effect aside from the, the prospects he's actually
1: recruiting. It definitely helps. It adds the profile of Tennessee. When you get that level quarterback to commit to Tennessee, just that helps. It, It opens up more conversations, open up more eyes. I'd say of recruits who might be considering Tennessee. Then when you have him, try to help out on the recruiting trail, try to reach out to prospects. He has some relationships with some players out there. So like uh, uh, Francis Mauioa, who Tennessee needs talking about line of scrimmage help. There is some, someone that maybe Nico can help Tennessee land and uh, Tennessee at the wide receiver position. We'll see how that pans out, but having Nico committed, that doesn't hurt in your pursuit of wide receivers. So, most of the guys that are going to choose Tennessee, it's going to come back to coaches' relationships and the profile of Tennessee's program and how do they do this fall. I mean, a football season has to be played before these guys sign with Tennessee. But if they continue to develop and you have guys who are on campus continue to talk favorably about the program, guys who played last year have done that, and I think that helped Tennessee. That is the biggest part of this. But having somebody like Nico one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the country a guy that everybody in this class is going to know about at least that certainly helps
2: yeah and it seems like he is taking on the role of being an active recruiter to take it a step further he doesn't have to do that i've had some prospects that told me now i don't want to do that i don't want to affect some somebody else's decision others have really you know uh, taken the challenge and gone after other prospects it seems to me, from what I hear, that, that Nico is a guy that's going after as many prospects as he can in these various
1: camps. I think so. We'll find out in the end how much it helps. I think it could help with a couple of guys. I try to be careful about overreacting to that or, or putting too much of an emphasis on that because most of these schools, at least the high-level schools where you think it's going to be a tough battle to land the highest-rated prospects that you can get, those schools have those guys, too and peer recruiting happens everywhere and while while they're trying to get players to come join them they also understand what those guys are going through and still want them to make the best decision for them that they can so again it helps it is definitely a plus for Tennessee to have Nico but it still comes down to what the coaches get done Spire Sports is a a part of this in terms of how attractive Tennessee is now in the NIL era and what happens this fall so uh nico is net positive and i do think that he will ultimately help land tennessee at least a couple of guys and uh, and maybe it's it can come back to well maybe he he doesn't land somebody for tennessee but the fact that he committed put tennessee on the radar at a higher level for some of these other guys and then the coaches put in the work to get him so that's where you may not be able to pinpoint and say well nico went out and he he convinced this player to come to Tennessee, but because he committed to Tennessee, the profile was raised, which made Tennessee a more attractive destination to other high level four star, and even some five star level guys.
2: Depending on uh, when you're listening or watching Carnell Tate, uh, his, his decision is coming up or he is either announced that he is going to be a ball or not. So it's one of the, the time issues we deal with uh, in the worldwide internet, but I think just the fact that you're in on a, a young man from IMG, uh, one of the top-rated receivers in the nation, and I think uh, Nico helps to have a quarterback of the future there. I think that's a really, really positive sign, whether or not he chooses Tennessee, Josh, because you're Tennessee would not have been in the hunt for this guy a year ago.
1: Not even close, in my opinion. Am I wrong? You're probably right on that. I, I think so. Um, it, not not this deep end. So let's let's say, for the sake of the conversation, as you mentioned with the time, let's say he chooses Ohio State and it's not Tennessee. First of all, I don't think the recruitment is done. I think Tennessee will... But I'll say that regardless. If he chooses Tennessee or Ohio State, I don't think the recruitment is done. So that can continue to be a battle. Now Tennessee will have to look at other wide receiver positions and maybe maybe they ultimately fill up and they, they go their separate ways. Uh, I do agree that Carnell Tate considering Tennessee as one of his two finalists that is another indication of the progress Tennessee has made on the recruiting trail and how the profile of the program has been raised and Nico's commitment to Tennessee helps with that too
0: it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper a high fiver Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Now, if Carnell chooses Ohio State, that would also go back to why I said we should not overreact to what the NICO impact can be. Because if NICO commits and Carnell Tate goes to Ohio State, well, that just left you as the bridesmaid. And we need to be careful there because I, I do think, to, I don't think there's any question, Carnell Tate decision otherwise Tennessee's recruiting profile is better than it was a year ago. I think that's the case in-state uh, with somebody like Caleb Herring. Last year was a tough go for Tennessee in the state, and this year is definitely going to be better for the coaching staff. And having somebody like Nico on board, You know, is he jumping in that quickly? I don't think so. A year ago when you're still trying to get things started as a program and the, the profile of the program was not nearly as positive as it is now, the goal is also, though, to win championships, and that's why recruiting up front to me is still the, the biggest deal. You need to get those high-level players, uh, you know, like Sean Davian Bradley and uh, Maui O. Those guys that you're trying to land on the offensive and the defensive lines, you need to win as many of those battles as you can against big-time programs if you're realistically going to catch where Georgia's in the SEC, where Alabama has been, where LSU has been, where Texas A&M at least appears to be from a talent standpoint. If you're going to compete there – you have to get some of the best of the best up front. And you, I think, need more explosive playmakers to so somebody like Carnell Tate. So I, I agree with your statement that where Tennessee is with Carnell Tate is a really good indication of how Tennessee has improved the profile. But if they miss on a couple of those other names that I mentioned that right now Tennessee feels really good about, well, then that doesn't help you in then, So they do need to win more of these battles. My guess is that they will. I think Tennessee is going to go out and land at least a couple more five-star, high-level four-star players that can raise the profile of this class. But that's a must if Tennessee in a couple of years is going to be a, a real championship contender in the SEC. Well, and
2: um, Justin, I'm I just think there's a big difference too with saying, you know, th- this offense is going to be this, and then having it's. I- I'm sorry, this is not Central Florida. This is Tennessee. But having that to look back on to say, hey, we've got the analytics, we can show you that this is the fastest offense in college football right now. I think having a year under your belt to show and prove that it worked um, is is man, that's 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 one heck of a thing to put on a sales presentation.
1: No doubt. Uh, I think Tennessee is able to sell. Hey, Bayless Jones was this. And then with one year in our offensive system, he's drafted by the Chicago Bears. Cedric Tillman, in his first three years at Tennessee, caught eight passes. And then in one year with us, he caught double-digit touchdowns. That's the development of a guy that, by the way, nobody in the country wanted as a recruit. Imagine what we can do for you. That, of course, is the sales pitch. Now, those level players, they are also being pitched by Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia, the the top programs where those guys are going to look at the programs and see the, the success. So that is what you're up against if you're Tennessee. But I don't think there's any question that what Tennessee did last fall at Tennessee in the SEC, and you can show Tillman's numbers. Tillman's numbers were not against weak non-conference teams and Vanderbilt and Missouri. He put up numbers against the best teams in the SEC, and you show that as well. Hey, we did that. We did this uh, offensively against the top programs in the conference, and we are going to continue to get better. So I think Tennessee has a ton to sell, and that's why Tennessee – is attractive. And if they close the deal with some of these players, then the offense actually has a chance to get even better. You know, like the, the, the new standard would be what LSU did a couple of years ago, what Alabama has done in the last few years. And the difference of what they were able to do statistically and what Tennessee did, which was really impressive would be, well, they had more overall talent. They had a bunch of first round picks on offense at LSU and Alabama had a bunch of first round wide receivers. That's the difference. That's what Tennessee is trying to get on the recruiting trail to then put out on the field. And if Tennessee is able to get that kind of talent, then I think numbers-wise, Josh Heupel can put that up with that kind of talent against anybody in the SEC. Uh, And
2: I think you bring up a really good point because in in the end, we talk about uh, long touchdown plays. We talk about how exciting offenses are, but you brought up a lot of guys up front. I think that is the biggest difference between Tennessee right now and the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world. It's not only those elite big guys, but the the depth of those elite big guys. One goes down, and it's okay at Alabama. Well, you wouldn't want to have Will Anderson go down. But typically, if one goes down at an Alabama or Georgia, you plug somebody else in, and the Vols aren't there yet.
1: No, we're close, uh, really. Uh, And the defensive line, I think they had a number of bodies. But in terms of depth, when we talk about depth, we're still talking about talent, right? Because right. Tennessee had a number of guys last year that they were comfortable leaving on the sideline that were on scholarship. That's depth. Depth of talent is what you need to be able to compete when guys go down with injuries. So they need more of it on the defensive line. That's why they need to add to Tyree West and and Josephs and James Pierce, who I'm projecting, by the way, they haven't played it down yet, but I I think they have a chance to be really good. So next up is somebody like Amari Thomas and Elijah Simmons. How do they develop? Because you have to replace Matthew Butler, who's one of your team leaders on the defensive line and Caleb Tremblay, who came in to provide some extra help, but was one and done as a transfer option. Linebacker, they, they really need more help there. And then in the secondary, I think they're making some progress, but they need more speed. They need more playmakers. So I think that will be a big focus. But, yeah, they just they need as many guys as you can find because Alabama's dealt with injuries. Georgia's dealt with injuries, and you know they, they lost their top pass rusher. It was an off-field issue, but uh, he still was unavailable to play football. So what did Georgia do? They just rolled out another four-star, five-star, uh, uber-talented player that nobody could block, and then they just kept running defensively. And that's what Tennessee is trying to get to. And and, and by the way, that, that's the top-level standard. There is an in-between. There there are steps Tennessee sure can can take, but the ultimate goal is to win championships, and that's what it's going to take.
2: Yeah,
1: I I think long-term you've got to hope
2: that Nick Saban retires. Quite frankly, and then you're going you're going to be going head-to-head with Kirby Smart. And I, I, think, I think Tennessee could win some of those battles because of their style of play. Now I'm projecting two, three, four years down the line. But what I wanted to ask you about before I let you out of this, and again, the ball Report conversation brought to you by Beer. Great panoramic view. If you want to go downtown and hang out at uh, Beer. you're going to enjoy the atmosphere. Uh, you'll love it. It was an old Volkswagen dealership, so you can see all the downtown. So it's, uh, it's super cool. At what point in recruiting does... Tennessee get away from taking, you know, five, six transfers to kind of just picking one like uh, Alabama did with Jamison Williams. And I I look at transfers as kind of the junior college of the 90s. And that is, yes, you, you can supplement your roster, but you can't live on that because it changes team chemistry and culture for good or bad sometimes. But it changes that from year to year. So how what do you if you had to be inside those those football meetings, what do you think the time frame is for transfers becoming something nice and not something you have to lean on?
1: Yeah, in the next couple of years, I, I think Tennessee can be in that position. What Tennessee really needs to to be in from a position standpoint on the transfer market, how they're viewed is that Tennessee is more attractive to the top level guys where where Tennessee can be more selective. Alabama again is the standard there. A- Alabama is not overly active out there on on the recruiting trail when it comes to finding transfers. They just go out and try to get the best. You know, Jameer Gibbs is a guy that Tennessee I think would have loved to have landed to come in and help in the offensive in the offensive backfield from Georgia Tech. He goes to Alabama because they lose Brian Robinson. They need some help there, so they just go out and get one of the best. They need some secondary help. I think that showed up last year, so they go get Eli Ricks, who was an All America candidate coming in from. LSU and get it go out and get a, a top receiver Jamison Williams last year they did it again and uh, going and getting a, a player from Georgia so uh, that is what Tennessee wants to be again everybody wants to be what Alabama is recruiting and transfers but you know, this year Tennessee went after a few guys I don't think that they I don't think they went and said okay let's try to get a ton of of uh, transfer commits and players to come in but I think they looked and said we need pass rush help they went after a couple of guys and and frankly missed uh, they went after, players at a few different positions and landed a couple. But uh, part of it is, okay, we just, we got to get somebody and let's see what he can do. So that's probably a, a Gerald Mincy. He could start for Tennessee. I mean, he could help them at tackle, but you know, he had no opportunity to go somewhere like Alabama. So just like recruiting, that's what you're trying to get into in the transfer market. But I think Tennessee is already closer to being, we're going to be more selective in who can come in as opposed to just going out and getting a bunch of bodies, unless it's, it's late, and you have a scholarship available, and it doesn't affect you long-term. But you you can approach it a few different ways. You can get a guy that's still early on like Andre Turrentine, who I think provides depth immediately coming in from Ohio State, has talent. He went to Innsworth, so there's the Tennessee connection. But he has four years left that he can play football. So that can provide – that's like a replacement from the 21 class where Tennessee has lost a bunch of players because it was the first class there. So it's still very early, but I I think Tennessee has already decided – We want to be a little more selective. We want to make sure that this guy can play because uh, if he comes here, well, he's used up his one-time transfer, so he might want to stay for a while. Yep, good point. He's Josh Ward.
2: Follow him at at Josh underscore Ward. And you can also hear him on the uh, Sports Animal from noon to 3. Have a a fantastic day, everyone. Again, go to Beer. They're worldwide winners, uh, that type of beer company, and they're frankly awesome and a great place to hang out. So go downtown to X U L if you're listening and not watching Zul Beer. So we'll talk to Josh each and every week, and we look forward to that. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.